It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Beth. Hi. I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> Whatever you were trying to say, I'm just going to stop you right there. No, show two I, is just, I was just sharing information. <laughs> yeah, show two is always a lot more loose than it is. Uh, show one. Show one is practice. Especially on a Friday. <laughs> yeah. What? You, you didn't have your mic on for like the eight millionth time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised you guys are like surprised. No one's surprised. It's just oh. funny now. Oh. And then soon it'll be sad. Okay, well, I <laughs> and then it'll be funny again. I try and turn it off if I hear the door opening because I feel like my mic's closest. No, it don't worry no about difference. it. It makes literally no difference. Oh. But thank you for thinking about that. doesn't happen, though. All right, this is Ears Up, in case you didn't know, in case you thought you were listening to Serial or Lore or something like that. This is Ears Up Podcast, but hey, don't leave. Come join us. We're going to talk about Disneyland. We're going to talk about uh, the history of It's a Small World. We're going to get back to our history shows. A lot of feed- a lot of good feedback on that. A lot of people are uh, are digging the history shows. Mm-hmm. Oh, whoops, I, I was a bad audio guy and didn't fade that out. Oh, well. Whatever. The beauty of live radio. It's what it is, man. <laughs> Uh, you can find great programming like this on iTunes, specifically this great programming, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, any place that greater podcasts are learned about. Uh, if there's another platform we need to know about, let us know, man. We're uh, we're always down to, to put our feed out there and see what happens. You can find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you have feedback on the show, send that to Taryn at EarsUp-Podcast.com. Compliments go to Terrence at EarsUp-Podcast.com. You can say hi, hi. to Bev. And anything else, send to me. Jason at earsup-podcast.com. Don't forget to check out the blog. We have more cool Disneyland info. We just posted, well, by the time you hear this, it'll be like a month uh, (laughs) ago. But um, I forgot to talk about in the last show, the last remaining vestige, if I can use that. Yeah. You're a verbose young man, Greg. Vestige, is that a proper use of the term? What does that mean? The last remaining vestige of the Skyway buckets. Uh. Uh, no, no. Yeah, I don't think enough. that's right. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. You'll allow it. Yeah. I'll just go with remains. He'll allow it. Yeah, it's fine. But I want to be. I want to be I more elo- eloquent. 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 I want to be more eloquent. <laughs> uh, the last <laughs> remaining wrong. little bit of the Skyway buckets were torn down. That was by the uh, Casey Junior ride in Fantasyland, the Skyway to Tomorrowland. Um, the uh, you know where you where you embark and disembark, I suppose. Uh, they finally tore that down, and, and uh, we got a couple photos of that. So that was on the blog, and kind of a little little write up about it, and I don't know, just stuff like that, man. It's it's not, uh, you know, it's not it's so much breaking news because you know we're in Northern California. What do you want from us? We also have our animated classics review. Terrence and his boys recently watched. Uh, they sat down to watch Bambi, and then Terrence, uh, you know. Um, reported on that experience yeah. uh and really again the point of the uh animated classics reviews is just to to go back through all the animated classics because we we think we know them um but uh I, i'd wager that most of us haven't seen all of them because some of them are, are stinkers let's be honest uh but also just to see what how they're relevant today in today's storytelling stories change the way you tell a story is different now than it was in 1940, yeah, 1938. Absolutely. You know, it just the pacing is different. Everything is different. Do these things hold up? Are we hanging on to nostalgia just because it's a cool thing? Or is Bambi a terrible story? Yes. It is? Uh, 
The answer is yes. Well, you know what? Do, do me a favor. Give me a brief recap because okay. by now people have they've already heard it. it. Yeah, yeah, they've already read it. So just how was that watching Bandy with your kids? Um, they lasted. Don't spoil it for me, by the way. Have you not seen the movie? Uh, I don't know what happens. <laughs> yeah, <really. laughs> Somebody. It's, it's the, uh, this your is mom. actually, yeah, Boys in the Hood was based on this movie. Ouch. Yeah, so um, it. I think the kids lasted about 12 minutes. So, really? yeah. So, Were they bored? Oh yeah. So Tommy, uh-huh. so Tommy, my three-year-old was watching it, and there wasn't enough action, and so he kind of just toddled off and went and played with his games. Um, and then Jack. <laughs> so spoiler alert: when uh, Bambi's mom gets shot. <gasps> yeah, I know, wow. I know, I know. I'm telling you. Um, he goes, "What? What, what happened?" And I go, <laughs> well, "What do you think happened?" He goes, I, "I think that she got killed." Is she she's dead, right? Like, yeah, she's dead. He goes, all right, I'm gonna go play with my toys and just left, right? And that was it. And so I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, I gotta, I have to write about this. And so I tried to muscle through it, and it was, it just wasn't good. It's my Fantasia. Wow. Yeah, yeah it you, just wasn't good. Did yeah, I, I did it. I did it, it but it, just, it was not good. I did not huh. enjoy it. Did not enjoy it at when, all. When you watch these movies, are, are you trying to put yourself back also in the context of being in oh, 1938 absolutely. or when, when was that movie released? 41, 41, 41, something 41. like that. But what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to look at just strictly from a storytelling standpoint. Yeah. Um, not how they tell the story, but you know the just the how they how they crafted it. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and I think that uh, for some of those movies. The uh, the story was better, but they didn't have all the elements that they needed to tell it in the way that they can tell it now. Because if you look at some of the movies that we have now, um, it's a really thin story layered with song after song after song that they're trying to use to tell the story. For some of the old older ones, they had really good music in there that had not, that didn't really push the story along. Yeah, it was Snow White. Right, you know, it was uh, more character building than storytelling. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so with this, you know, there's a lot of things that were uh character building but it wasn't it wasn't entertaining enough for me or the characters weren't interesting enough for me for me to be um invested in them um you know i i felt bad for bambi that you know that mom's dead, but it you is, know, but pops is still there as well you right. know and it's it is pretty much a story right. built on 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 guilt Yes, exactly. It's like, oh, I, now I'm gonna I'm gonna root for you because I feel bad because right. your mom was in the cycle of the circle of life right. that uh, right. you know Simba, uh, S- Simone yes. and Pumbaa or whatever the Simba. names are. Simba. All right, thank yes. you. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, I don't like some of the newer movies. Like I have to watch all the new Disney movies, and I enjoy those. Um, I enjoy the um, definitely the animation more. Yeah, uh, well, than, yeah, well, for sure, yeah. But. But back then, it's all hand drawn, and no, that I mean, is impressive. amazing, it's, right? It's very impressive. It yeah. really is. But um, with this one in particular, uh, I just I I wasn't I wasn't too invested in it. You know? Speaking of not being invested in movies, we forgot to talk about it on the last show. <laughs> Taryn and I, Taryn's family. Taryn comes from a weird family. Her family's very <laughs> okay. strange. So for Father's Day, this is how old the story is. So sorry, podcast folks. Uh, but you live listeners, you're going to get a wallop of a story. Um, her dad wanted to go see Finding Dory. Oh, huh? Yeah, Dave. Okay. Wanted to see Finding Dory. That's okay. nice. Why not? Okay, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, why, why not? Doesn't matter. I just, it's very strange. 
very strange for me. I'm like, oh, Finding Dory. <laughs> That's really funny. No, really, what movie are we going to go see? <laughs> and it's out in Blackhawk for you Bay Area folks. So with like the reclining chairs. Oh, it was like, the best theater they have, in the world. They, the theater, they, they, they revamped the theater. I didn't know it's you guys 3D. rolled like that. Okay. Got to roll deep, dude. I guess so. And they're in, they're lazy boys. Literally, yeah. legitimate. They, they roll all the way back. You, oh, not nice. not like not like flat recline, right. but you're at a 45. Yeah, and your legs not, go up. And your legs go out. Nice. Uh, they have beer and wine. Uh, why don't we go to this theater? Yeah, le- it's like Let's leather right seats because Black they are twelve dollars a ticket for matinee. Because it's that wasn't Black that bad. I mean, it's kind of the same yeah. as like regulars. Uh, and it's assigned seating too. Assigned? Yeah, seat? so you yeah. have to get it ahead of time. Oh, wow, okay. Because there's but, a lot less seats because they take up so much room. There was sense, legitimately yeah. half an hour of trailers and previews beforehand. <laughs> it was <laughs> crazy. I was like, what's going on? With right beer now? and wine, all right. Yeah, anyways, and uh, so we saw Finding Dory, and I wanted to choke myself to the point I passed out so I didn't have to pay attention to the movie. It was the mm. worst movie I, I had. I completely oh, agree with stop. you. It was the worst movie I had seen in a long time. I would rather w- keep watching... Teen Wolf series, oh my. which I'm currently watching, which is a stinker. They should hand out. <laughs> they should hand out clothespins for your nose every time Wait. because it's such a stinker of a series. I would much rather Stop. rewatch the first three seasons of that than watch Finding Dory. I thought it was bad. It was, bad. It. It was not it. that bad. Okay, it was bad. Hold on, not hold right. on, not done, it not was, done. Okay. The best part about the movie was the little animated short in the beginning. Have you seen that yet, Greg, yes. with your no, family? No, I haven't. Okay. I, you really should. It's it called yeah. Piper. Yeah, it's called Piper. These yes. little, very, like, very cute. Yes. Piper bird. It's very cute. Mm-hmm. The sand. I mean, the animation was spectacular. It yes. looked real. I thought it was real at first. Yeah. I thought it was real, yeah. too. So it opens up, and it says Piper in the corner. I'm like, oh, I don't know what's going on. I know it's about fish, and, and, and where there's fish, <laughs> there's birds. Right. Right? Where there's fish, there's water. Where there's right. water, there's birds. So I'm like, okay. I'm looking at the animation going, wow, this is beautiful. Yeah. This is going to be amazing. And then the short was over. And I'm like, oh, that was the short. It's like you've never been to a Pixar show before. I don't know if I've seen a Pixar movie in the movie theater before. Okay, well then. Have you seen Finding Nemo, though? Not in the movie theater. No, I know, but that but didn't look the movie, real. Yeah. That didn't look real either. So well, well no, but they don't show the, but that they don't was, show a short at the beginning on like a DVD or. But like, no, no, but Finding that. Nemo yeah. was released like 25 years ago or 11. whatever it was. It was 11. Oh, 11. And I don't know, Dory. I, I I remember going, okay, she's a good ancillary character. I mm-hmm, get it. Mm-hmm. She'll drive the story along, and that's cute. But to make her the main, the like the main character in a film, I I didn't under I didn't understand that. But okay, let's just go see it. I, it was awful. She was very irritating. Many times I was looking over at Taryn like, I'm going to try to go to sleep now because I can't. I literally can't. I can't take a character who all she does is feel sorry for herself. I don't um, want to ruin it for you, me. Greg. I can't. Just keep swimming. Just... How is that a person that's always down? You on haven't herself? seen this movie yet. You haven't seen you. You haven't seen this movie yet. You haven't seen this movie okay, yet. Okay, I will admit she was. Pretty irritating, but there was super irritating. And all the whales also... speaking. Come on, we get it. The first, you have to recall the first gag, the gag from the first one to the second. I get it, but it went on for ten minutes. Um, yeah. Have you not watched? <laughs> 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 Sorry, that'll never happen again. <clears throat> oh, pretty funny. Oh, have amazing. you all not watched the Ellen Show? I mean, no. I should have kind of expected what no. this was going to be all about. I don't, I don't right? watch the Ellen Show. Oh, no, no. I have, I'm playing Overwatch when Becca, when, <laughs> during the day. That's all difference. I've been doing. When Becca and I saw the movie, we, we walked out, um, and we took uh, Jack and Tommy. We took our um, two oldest kids, yeah. and she said, so what do you think? I said, it felt like 
it was someone learning how to drive stick. And she, says, <laughs> and she goes, well, what do you mean by that? I said, because it was a lot of revving up, revving up, revving up to uh, and just stop. Yeah, then that's, that's what true. the story was to me. It was like, okay, something really big is going to happen and then nothing. And then yeah. it just kind of falls flat. And then once it was something big going falls flat again. So I don't, I was she not. She came up against a lot of barriers. Yeah. By like the 10th one, I was like, okay, com- yeah. come on now. But I will say some of those uh, secondary, like B, C, D characters yes. were amazing. Oh, yeah. Some of them are Roger, funny. that was the. No, I think, it wasn't Roger. It was it the, wasn't Roger. The, no. the two sea lions. Um, oh. Like Becky. Well, the oh, Becky was the Becky bird, was the but bird. I think Roger was the other sea lion that was trying to get on. Oh. Anyway, there's a yeah, lot yeah. of these things. They're, they're hilarious. I laughed. Yeah. And I still hated the movie, even though I laughed at a lot of things, <laughs> because I thought it was so irritating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that Dory was a good main character. Make Nemo get lost again, bro. Yeah. yeah. I still honestly don't understand. So I'm, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but at the end of the movie, you figure out how she got lost. Right. And so I see it. I watched the whole movie. I paid mm-hmm. attention to the entire thing. Mm-hmm. I legitimately still don't understand how she got lost in the first place. I don't get it. I don't know how it happened. I don't want to ruin it, but it just... But yeah, I don't want to ruin it. Okay. We can't really talk you can about tell it. me yeah. afterwards. Yes, yes. So this is a trilogy. Well, right? That's what I heard. This is the second of three. Oh, I, I don't so know about that. So who else is going to get lost? <laughs> I don't know. But but I so so I, I but I guess that's <laughs> yeah. my point on the storytelling. Mm-hmm. If it's, it wasn't it wasn't clear how this whole thing happened in the first place, and I think because it's been so long since the first one happened, no one really cares. Well, but it made a good billion dollars and was the number one movie in the world. Well, so I'm completely off the base. The stupid. Are, the people who are watching this movie uh, and really loving it are not going to be the eight or nine year olds. It's going to be the twenty year olds who were eight or nine when the first one came out. Yeah. Those are the ones who are going to get the gonna money be from thirty eight year old uh, <laughs> podcast <laughs> jockey. Well, yeah, you'll give them a little bit. You know, give them twelve <laughs> right. bucks. But I don't. I, I got to realize that too. I got to remember that that. I'm older. Yeah, I know. And, and I have no kids to like sit and go, oh, marvel at my child. And, the, and, and, and they're fascinated by the magic of storytelling, the magic and whimsy of story. Right. Just, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I wouldn't recommend it. I would see Bambi before I saw Finding Dory again. <laughs> no, really? I would. Come I would. On, really? I would. I would. It, it had funny moments. When Jack, did you giggle at all? Um, yeah, yes, I did, but not with Dory. <laughs> have you ever giggled? I haven't. I either laugh hard or just, <laughs> yeah. no. no but, but when Jack, when um, so normally when I go to a movie, I'm like, I, yeah. I, you know, I, I want to sit here, I want to see the whole thing. And Jack and Tommy had to use the restroom twice during the movie, and I was okay with it. <laughs> You're like, finally, <laughs> yes, let's hey, go. Hey, you gotta go again, dude. Yeah, no, I know. no, I'm fine, Daddy. No, I think you should go. Just Come try on, it. Jack, just try. <laughs> just try. It. Here, have some more lemonade. <laughs> There's an app. Called, oh, I forget what the app is called. Um, but you, you like before you start the movie, you tell the app what movie you're watching and what time it starts. Uh, like you push a button when the right. movie, when the movie starts, and then it'll tell you the appropriate time to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and be, so, like when there's a lull or like maybe like the 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 break, the act break between one and two or something like that. Right. Then you can go to the bathroom, and then it'll tell you what you missed. That's pretty neat. I like that. I forget what it's called, but like I mean, Finding Dory, you don't need to go. You don't need to go to those right. extremes, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's actually kind of neat. You open talk. the app for Finding Dory. It's just like, just just stay there. Just stay in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, just, stay in the bathroom. <laughs> just, just go pump two quarters in a video game and spend ten minutes there, dude. Come on. Two quarters. Come on. <laughs> Twelve two. quarters. So Bev hasn't seen it yet, but I just Googled Becky just to show her. <laughs> and that's funny in itself. Just looking at Becky is mm-hmm. funny. Did she laugh? Yeah. I did. 
And the but uh, you but you why would you ruin a reveal like that? That was like the best character in the movie. It was. It's still a character. It's not a reveal at all. You reveal. Uh, well, Do me a favor. Google the definition of reveal. No, she, I mean I don't it's know just a character. About it. Yeah, it didn't reveal. I was at Disneyland before the movie came out. There were little. Okay. Okay. All right. Don't spoil it. That had different characters from the movie and. And you knew who it was. Sperm whales or whatever those that giant thing was. Yeah. Um, no, whale sharks. Whale sharks. Whale yeah, sharks. But, so I, I had an idea of what the okay. characters were. All right. Personally, I would have been upset. You get upset too easily. I do. Because <laughs> I want... You me off. You made my microphone sound weird. How's that? How's that? <laughs> oh, <laughs> anyway, if you want to support great radio like this... <laughs> Uh, there's a, a, a number of ways you can shop. You can do all your Amazon shopping through our Amazon link. Uh, you know, that would really be uh, awesome. You could also sign up to be a reoccurring donor or you send us a one-time donation. A buck a show. If you listen, this is a show number 69. So send us 69 bucks if you've never donated. And that's a buck a show. And then it's fine. It works out. Um, or you can shop for Coveyers. Go to getcoveyers.com and check all that stuff out. You can also support all of our friends. And instead of uh, giving you the big, long URLs and all that kind of nonsense, you can go to our About Us page. And uh, there's a little menu that says Friends of Ears Up. And there you can find the lovely Lulu Gumshoe and a link to her shirt. Uh, that says beer me, little beer ball guy. I'm wearing it right now, but now that you can see because our cameras are broken. No, they're, they're fixed. Oh, okay. Great. Uh, and Pushy Jacked and uh, Kanye and uh, Spectro Jeremy, all sorts of friends that we have here on the show. Uh, support them. What? Can we please actually link to Kanye? That's what I was just thinking. Like, <laughs> like Kanye West, like his yeah, Instagram actually, or yes, something? please. Can we please yeah, link to Kanye? We should just start Kanye. saying that we are really good friends with Kanye. Close this personal could, friends. This could go places. I yep. keep up with the Kardashians. Like, this could be good. You can keep up with them? Oh, yeah, I do. Oh, goodness. I can't keep up with them. That family a hot Both mess. They're a nice family. Hot mess. Nice. They're nice. They're they're crazy, but they're nice. Anyway, sorry. They're nice. <laughs> they're nice people. They have a good. Dynamic. I think they're the definition of not I nice people. I and you turn my microphone off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I she did. keeps up with the Kardashians, but gets to talk. Trust me, she pays for it in other ways. <laughs> That's true. Okay. True, true. Uh, all right, Tam, we got some feedback. Yeah. All right. Uh, Don't start talking whale. Uh, They'll do the feedback in whale. Uh, <laughs> hey, God. I'm serious. There's nothing more irritating. That movie had no more irritating gag than the Finding Dory whale talk. Yes. I, I I can't. I just can't do it. I can't. You can't even. I won't. <laughs> no, I know. I'm, it's really hard not to. I'm having a really hard time. I'm fighting. Yeah. Control yourself. I'm fighting demons right now. Yeah. Um, hey, guys. You're 37 years old. Control yourself. I'm not 37 years old. <laughs> I know. That's you. I'm no, 38. 38. All right. Well, that's not you. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Well, that's someone else then. Uh, hey, guys. I love your podcast. I just got back from a trip from Disneyland and wanted to say a few things. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and Rick and Shock. That's it. Thank you. Uh, it was my first trip since finding you guys and listening to all your podcasts. It was so much fun going after listening to the podcast, but I seriously thought I was going 
to die riding Hyperspace Mountain because of your episode People versus Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> you could have. I People saw have. She wrote on Instagram, too, that she she was like, I felt like I was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should have had a trigger warning on that, uh, yeah, on that probably. show. Probably. Um, I have a Disneyland bucket list, and completing the churro challenge is at the top. Oh. I wanted so badly to check that off my list this trip, but sadly I couldn't do it. It was so crowded. Also, my husband said it would cost too much money. Killjoy. <laughs> but I will not give up. How many How many lands are there? Seven? Seven lands. Seven so times, seven times what? 11 or whatever. How much is a churro? Five bucks so now? now? 525 now. So what's, what's seven times 525, Greg? You're smart. Beep, boop, 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 boop. There's 3675 $37. That's kind of a lot. That's a lot of money. <laughs> I'd also be willing to wager that's the best value in the park. It is real good. Yeah. Thirty-seven dollars for for completing the churro challenge. It's not bad. <laughs> oh man! Um, especially if you're there for multiple days, then then I think. No, see, no. We, what we need to do is define the churro challenge. Oh, I need to define the churro. Yeah, it's, it's one, one day. day. It's one day. If it's you're one there day. for a week, that's nothing. Yeah, it's one day. It's one day. I don't think it's nothing. No, but it's okay. something. I tried it, and it's, uh, we failed. In a week. In a week. You didn't try hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you were help. You had your kid helping. It, that's that's cheatery yeah. in, in the highest. More of them than we did. Yeah. Uh, anyways, yes. Uh, she says, thinking back on the trip, I had an idea. I think it would be awesome if you guys could give challenges or missions to people who are going to be at the park, like eat a certain food or take a picture at a certain place. Whatever you guys come up with, um, I think that would be awesome. I would have totally done that. Hmm. Oh, like a monthly challenge? We should do that. Just come up with a monthly challenge. Yeah, people who listen, like just post it to our Facebook. Then what do they get? Thing. No, 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 notoriety. Paracovers. face. Well, we could we could send them something. Paracovers. Sure. Yeah, it'll work. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. We could come Maybe. up with something. No, you guys got to do it though. I don't have time. I'm busy playing Overwatch. <laughs> Anyways. I'm uh, really busy during the day. Yeah. Get that control point. Push no, that payload. No, no one but Anthony knows what you're talking Defend about. Defend that payload, Anthony. He's not listening. No, of course he's not. Yeah. He has. No, he doesn't. He's playing Overwatch. Playing Overwatch. <laughs> uh, she says, anyways, thank you for adding more Disney magic to my life. Keep up the good work. Your friend, Tiffany. And this is actually the Tiffany that we, the three of us met. Or actually, no, all four of us met her at the uh, convention last year. It was the three of us. She wasn't there. I wasn't there. Oh. Wow. Terrence was somewhere I wasn't? Yeah, because it was local. <laughs> but yeah, she was super nice and and she was great and she took pictures with us. I she was she's so great. Mm-hmm. I like her. Yeah, for sure. I hope we see her again. Uh, okay, thanks, Terry. Also, great <clears throat> idea. Oh yeah, so well, I think we'll do something with that. Yeah, if you guys want to run with it, uh, take care. I'm like I said, you're busy. I'm busy you're... playing Overwatch. Yeah, I'll go ahead and do that on my lunch break. If you like first person shooters, man, Overwatch. It's the new Blizzard game. It's the new hotness. Uh, it's real good. I'm on PC or no, I'm I'm both PS4 also. Both. Email me. He's on all. both. Email uh, me, but I'm more PS4 because that's where all my friends are. Why does he are. get control of the board? I don't know. We can't turn you off. No. Well, why would you want to? First of all, I'm creating such a great content. You are. <laughs> if you want to play Overwatch with me, okay. email me at jason.earsuphavenpodcast.com <laughs> and I'll share my PS4 number with you. Can I construct additional pylons? I don't know. No. I don't know what that means. Yeah, Starcraft. No. Oh. Bringing it way back. I tried to play StarCraft once at BlizzCon a couple years ago. I can't do it. Mm. I got so worked over by the AI. I just like I'm not even I'm not even into it. Campaigns are fun. Yeah, they're super easy. Ooh, mm. somebody's calling you out on the chat. What they say? 
Blobber is saying that you won't ever accomplish the churro challenge. No, because I <laughs> don't <laughs> want to be Diabito. <laughs> no, I can't. I tried it. The last time we went to the park, Taryn, we, I had two churros. Yeah. I couldn't do it. He also says that you won't even wear a fanny pack to the park yet. Look, Blobber. <laughs> he is all over you right That's now. That's rude right now. Um, I, I haven't been to the park since. Look, I have my fanny pack. Mm-hmm. I haven't been to the park since I had my fanny pack. And, by the way, for you live folks, yes. Main Street Fanny Packers are in effect. I Represent. think by the time you hear the show on the podcast, we will all have our patches. I'm ordering extra. So if you want to be a part of the Main Street Fanny Packers, you, A, need a fanny pack. And, B, need to email me at jason at earsup-podcast.com. And I'll set you up. And then you give me money. By the way, you're paying for the patches. It's not free. I want to yeah. make that clear. <laughs> so I will, Blobber, thank you very much. I will we be wearing a fanny pack to the park. Um, and it will be adorned with, bam, Main Street Fanny Packers logos. It's going to be so good. I know. I'm so excited. There's I'm a, pretty excited, too. Yeah, it's going to be real good. Yeah. I, I'm really excited. I don't even have a fanny pack yet. Becca? Angry Becca. Of course, she's angry about it. She made me order her a fanny pack. She yes. changed her mind. She's gonna really? Be, she's going to be one of those. Oh, she's converted. She's gonna be, yeah, she's going to be in. She has to be. There's no way she can't. I know. I told her the same thing. She, she can't like, be a, a, just like an old lady, like a fanny packer old lady. Yeah. She's she got to be in the group. Yeah, I know. Then she'd have to make us all kinds of food and like clean up after all the oh, like, she gun could be a group. Yeah, that sounds great. Take away the fanny pack. Yeah, she yeah, could be actually, a group. Yeah, actually, it's better Okay, did we do everything? We did great. All right, Bev. History of It's a Small World. Uh, it's no secret this is my absolute favorite ride in the park. <laughs> so I'm really excited that you chose this ride to give us a history on. Um, but hopefully I won't Do break down sobbing and bawling over how happy I am to hear about how this wonderful place was constructed. Well, first of all, I can actually not even hear. I can feel the sarcasm coming off of you. <laughs> okay, great. I don't appreciate it. Because right, let's right. just talk about, before I even get into it, let's just talk about this ride for a second, okay? okay let's do it. I'm going to talk about the most important thing. Leaving? No line. Hardly ever a line. Mm, that's true. Oh. Unless it breaks down. Unless yeah. it breaks down. Well, and then why would you stand in line for a ride that breaks down? Um, <laughs> I like fly like lines. minutes long. All air conditioned. That's and, true. I feel like that's enough. Like that, there, ladies and gentlemen, there's the history. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, it's a small world was fabricated at the Walt Disney Studios in in Burbank. The attraction was originally called Children of the World, and was created by W E D Enterprises. Um, and then, I think, as we all know, it was not originally designed for Disneyland. It was shipped off to the uh, 1964 New York World's Fair. Yeah. Or the UNICEF's Pavilion, uh, which was sponsored by Pepsi, which I didn't actually know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the Pepsi Board of Directors took so long to agree on what type of attraction to sponsor that uh, then-board member and widow of a past company president, actress Joan Crawford, ended up personally asking Walt to design the attraction. Uh, since time of the essence, she insisted that the Board of Directors – accept her proposal, uh, seeing as Walt was already involved in three other attractions being t- uh, happening at the World's Fair, she was like, well, I think he's the guy to get it done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> so think about this for a second. WED was only given 11 months to create that whole ride. Hmm. Wow. It shows. 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Rude. It actually kind of does, though. So rude. Well, I it's mean, not I, very I, intricate. You well, know? it's not very intricate, but I, I, I think drawing on our last guest, Matt, mm-hmm. you know, what they had, considering what they had. What they had to work with at the time, I mean. And the theme is right. children of the world. It's pretty simplistic. It's, right. And I think it shows. I think, yeah, for I sure. Think they, I mean, considering that, that was their benchmark. Right. Mm-hmm. I think they did a pretty good job. They did a pretty good job. So yeah. Mary Blair did the uh, the coloring and the styling and the designing of the ride. Um, she worked on other animated features like Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan. So at the time, if you wanted whimsical and childlike and, and simplistic but great, she was your girl. Uh, a fun fact about that, about the ride is that uh, there's actually a little ode to her when you're when you're riding in the boats. It's in Paris. There's a little blonde toy. I don't know if it's a toy or a kid, but they're holding onto balloons and they're just sailing oh, yeah. over. That's a that's a rendition of her. Oh really? Oh, cool. Yeah. That's cute. Very cute. Uh, the scenes and characters were created by Mark Davis, one of Walt Disney's famous nine old men, while his wife Alice designed the costumes for the dolls. And I have a quote from Alice. Uh, I asked Walt how much I could spend, and he looked at me and cocked his eyebrow like he did sometimes and said, we don't think like that here. I want you to do whatever it takes to make these look like dolls every woman in the world would want to have. That oh. meant all authentic materials went into the designing of the of the, the costumes for the dolls. So yeah. real silk, real tartan was used for the Scottish bagpiper. Wow. Like. That's over 300 costumes. There's over 300 creepy little dolls in that ride. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. It's pretty cool. I'm honestly surprised that they haven't, and maybe they have in, in, in at some point in their history, but sold those dolls. Right. Like as actual yeah, stuffed animals. Yeah, why has that happened? Or like dolls. Like not stuffed animals, but, oh, yeah, but like yeah. dollies. Right. Yeah. It's weird. That would be, to me, so that seems, it, to me it seems super odd. But then I guess what country do you start with? Or like, yeah, no, they all have, of them. All of them. They have? Yeah, they have collector edition on about the same size. As oh, well. oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. They're like thousands of dollars. No, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, that's good to know, though, <laughs> that we're not just total geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always like to know that I'm not a genius. <laughs> I like to be grounded every once in yeah. a while. <clears throat> Otherwise, I get carried away. The, dissol- the dolls were designed and sculpted by Blaine Gibson. Um, Walt personally oversaw the development of the doll's facial design. Uh, he wanted each animated doll face to be completely identical in shape. They were made identically to celebrate unity among the nations and cultures celebrated in the ride. Which, I mean, I've never really thought about, but they all do look alike. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. though they're very clearly from different countries, they all have the same face. Yeah. Um, so the attraction opened on April 22nd in 19, 1964. 1964. Um, and actually was incredibly successful. Ten million sixty cent tickets for children and uh, ninety five cent tickets for adults were sold in the two half year seasons that it was there. Wow. And all one hundred percent of the proceeds were donated to UNICEF. Nice. Um, because it's such a high capacity ride, there seemed to always be a seat available. <laughs> like I said. <laughs> 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 While um, and that wasn't the case for a lot of the rides. At the World's Fair, they had, you know, lines out the door. Um, And this was recognized as a valuable innovation and was incorporated into a lot of other rides that we see now. For example, Pirates of the Caribbean Caribbean. Mm -hmm. It's run by basically essentially the same, what's it called, Flume? The Flume Flume? ride, yeah. Not Plume. 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 Mm -hmm. Whatever. (laughs) Plumes are feathers, right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) Uh, So boats entered the show. 
building through a tunnel under a small world clock and emerge from the attraction 15 minutes later. The interior is larger than the facade. Voyagers see animatronic dolls in the traditional local costume singing It's a Small World together, each in their native language. Boats carry voyagers as they visit the regions of the world, and here they are in order. The polar regions, the British Isles, Western Europe, Eastern Europe, the Middle East, Asia, Africa, South America, the South Pacific, and recently added the United States. Before returning home, the children reunite for a grand finale, reminding us all of our common bonds and friendship, laughter, and happiness. And seeing the world through the eyes of a child, we are all basically the same. Aww. Aww. <laughs> okay, this is my favorite part. We're all basically the same. Irritating for every other person who walks <laughs> by us. Yeah. The, the original idea, so It's a Small World, was not original. That wasn't the original song. Originally... Uh, the idea was for each section to sing their national anthem in their own language. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I have a quote, resulted in a disharmonic ca- cacophony. Is that how you say that? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> the effect was more melting eardr- eardrums than melting pot. And Walt Disney knew it. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Imagine paying 95 cents to just hear your... Your eardrums pierced. I'm actually trying to figure out going from like O Canada to our national anthem. It would be yeah, it would be horrible. Yeah, yeah. absolutely horrible. Like so many different keys and yeah. just all kinds of terrible. Wow. Uh, so this resulted in while going to songwriters Robert B. Sherman and Richard Sherman, uh, saying, "I need one song that can be easily translated into so many different languages and can be played as a round." This prompted them to write "It's a Small World." When they first presented it to Walt. Uh, they played it as a slow ballad, and Walt requested something a little more cheerful, so they came back to him, and they played him the same song. <laughs> they just sped it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was so delighted with the final result that he actually, this is where he ended up renaming the ride from Children of the World to It's a Small World. Okay. Uh, this is also pretty fun. The song tune, lyric, and lyrics are the only Disney creations, with the exception of, of Oswald, which was not on purpose, that have not been copywritten. That's on purpose because it was meant, it was requested by UNICEF to be a gift to the children of the world. That makes sense. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, that's That's weird. That's kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah, you would think you would would be able to protect something like that, even if it was requested by UNICEF. Like, look, bro, I'm I'm putting a lot of money into this. Or let UNICEF protect it or something. Yeah, give them the right. It's strange. Yeah. Just leave it undone. Things were done differently in the 60s terms. Yeah, apparently. Um, in 2008, from January to November, uh, the ride was closed and given a major refurbishment. The structure was improved, the water flume was redone, and uh, its propulsion was upgraded to electric water jets. Uh, the aging fiberglass boats were designed with durable plastic, and 30 characters were added, including Peter Pan and Tinkerbell, Cinderella, Pinocchio, Jiminy Cricket, Aladdin and Jasmine, the three Calvin Caballeros. Thank you. Yep. Uh, Ariel and Flounder, Lilo and Stitch, Woody, Bullseye, and Jesse. What do you guys think about that? Sam thinks it's terrible. He hates it. I don't know. I just don't, don't think like it, it needs it. I don't like it. I don't really like it no. either. The only one I like is Alice, but I'm just partial You're to partial. Alice. You're well, partial. I like it. Before I really? knew about it. I like it too. It gives me something to look at. So, yeah, something so, to find. So before mm, I knew that they were put in, yeah. I would, like, it kind of caught me by surprise. I was like, because, I mean, there's the obvious ones. Like, you see the Little Mermaid, and you're like, oh, that's Ariel. But I didn't know that that Alice was there or that 
uh, Cinderella was there. Mm. You know, I had an, and Mulan. Like those are hidden really well, and they're they're really appropriate for the lands that they're placed in. So you kind of have to look for them. I really appreciate it, mm. actually. Uh, but not everybody did. A lot of like, <laughs> <laughs> which brings me to my next point. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people saw that as a corporate twist on what was supposed to be a very innocent and non-branded ride, <clears throat> and also the adding of the American scene was n- not taken very well. Why? Because originally, uh, are we not part of the world? The United yeah. States was hosting the World's Fair. Yeah. We weren't represented. We were supposed to be representing everybody else. So putting ourselves there, hmm. I don't know. Was I mean, that added I, in 2008? Yeah, it was added. It was taken the um there was a New Guinea area. Oh, which was taken. It's <laughs> a Papua New Guinea they area. They took that out and they put took, us in. They took that out and put that in the South Seas room at the end oh. of the South Seas room and then put Nebraska in. So when are they going to add the Greeks? Yeah, the corn one's a little that's weird. That's all it's, I ever hear. Yeah. About. Corn so one weird. is uh, super weird. And yes, that is all you ever hear about because that's all I care about. There aren't yeah. Greeks in there? No. No, in in world there is. Disney World, there's a Greek pavilion with the the Parthenon and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, we only gave you guys drama and math and... Yeah, thanks for that. And democracy. <laughs> but, you know, don't worry about it. Let's have Papua As New Guinea in there. someone who works in bookkeeping, thanks for yeah, the math, bro. You're welcome. <laughs> but, but, but we have Papua New Guinea. We have, we have, we have canoes. But so that's cool. I don't think you should be comparing one to another. Why? But... I do think that Greece should be at. I think that as many as possible should be added, right. especially of like the major countries. I agree. Well, we can't afford to be there, probably. <laughs> you didn't pay enough. <laughs> no. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Have some fun facts. Okay. Fun facts. Going to move move pat move right on past that. <laughs> Let's do that. Uh, so when the ride first, this is really kind of fun. When the ride first opened. Uh, on May 28th, 1966, Walt invited kids from around the world to come help dedicate it. They each brought a container of water from rivers and seas of their native lands and added it to the flume of the ride in Anaheim. Well, that's cute. That's cute. I like yeah. that. But then it all connects but to the Jungle Cruise. And it's <laughs> <not> <laughs> <very>. <laughs> yeah. Like gross. She gone. She gone, yeah. Uh, since 1983, there has not been a moment when It's a Small World hasn't been playing in at least two locations on the clo- on the globe. That's a scary thought. <laughs> that is terrifying. <laughs> That's a terrifying thought. More than 256 million people have experienced this ride. Yeah, and we're five of them. We are five yeah. of them. <laughs> the turrets and gold ornaments on the exterior of the Disneyland building are painted with real 22 karat gold. Hmm. The original Thanks plan. <laughs> the original plan was to just paint it gold, but. Because of sun oxidation and, and wear and tear, they just decided that painting it actual gold was going to save them money. So, she gold. Wow. I meant thanks to Walt, not Roy. Yeah, I was like, um. Yeah, what? I. Yeah. <laughs> Taryn, you had I'm your only, time. I'm only half here. You sorry. had your time it's in the sun. It's fine. It's okay. There are three, I said this earlier, there are about 300 eternally smiling ch- children that sing the song in each ride. Yeah, the way you said that. Eternally smiling children. <laughs> it sounds, <laughs> it's a it sounds weird. as creepy as the ride is. <laughs> um, 300? 300. Wow. Mark and Alice Davis, who I talked about earlier, the costume designer and the character designers. Yeah. And they're the only married couple to each have been honored with their own windows on Main Street. That's cute. Nice. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Uh, due to its immense popularity, the attraction has been replicated in every Disney park around the world. It's considered a classic. Hmm. 
Yeah, I guess you can't have so a park you, without I mean, it. You went, you you hate the ride, but yeah. you went on it. And oh yeah, you have to. You have to. Yeah, you have to. If you go to Hong Kong, you're gonna go on it. Uh, yes. <laughs> if I go, if I go to Hong Kong, I'll go on Small World. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I got. That's okay. the history of it's a Small World. Great. So um, I like it. Just one thing that I found that was kind of interesting. So before Small World only uh, ever opened in Disneyland, over 10 million people had already written it. At the World's Fair. Jeez. Yeah. So, I mean, it was already tested and, and was proven that it was going to be a success. So, it was a no-brainer to bring it over. So That's crazy. Yeah. Still yeah. Disney news. What do you think? Yeah, let's go for it. March in the past, present, and future with all the news that's fit to cover. It's the Ears Up Disney News. Thank you, announcer man. <laughs> Where to start? I feel kind of, I shouldn't really feel bad, but this is how stupid I am. I feel kind of bad we didn't address this in the last show. Oh, shoot. I just control, erased. Control shift T. It'll come back. Uh, I just looked in the bookmarks. It's fine. Um, <clears throat> so those of you guys who follow news, which oddly enough, there's not that many. There was that little boy that, that yeah. got taken by an alligator oh. at Disney so World um, on the banks of uh, the Grand Floridian. Yeah. Apparently, Disney uh, thinks they got that nuisance alligator and and have reopened the beach, even though it says no waiting in there. Anyways, um, but this was kind of an interesting article. Uh, Walt Disney has, a, has had more than 240 nuisance alligators captured and killed over the last 10 years at its Florida theme park property. The records reveal the park's constant struggle to keep alligators away from humans in a region where the creatures live and breathe. It was, it was weird going to uh, to uh, Disney World on our honeymoon, Tara Knight's honeymoon, uh, because I was like, oh, yeah, better watch out for the alligators. And she had no idea what I was talking about. No. I didn't. I'm from California. Whole... I did not know yeah. that alligators are everywhere. never have crossed my mind. No. Nope. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's Florida. It's swamp. There's alligators. You can't, and you can't, you know, this natural water. It's not like a small world where it's all enclosed and all, you know, controlled. You, you can't control it. So I was like, eh, let's not, uh, let's not, you know, cruise through the, the walkway down there, guys. Well, and even not being told to that, like, I don't know, I just didn't even believe it. So, no. Like, you know, you're, because, you know, we rode on the lake a couple of times getting to and from our hotel, and mm-hmm. it's just kind of like, okay. All right, there's alligators in here. Like, yeah, I don't know. I get it. If anything, I was like, okay, maybe there's one like way over there, away from people. Like, 240 have been captured and killed over the last 10 years. What was that 24 a year? Yeah, that's crazy. Last week, a two-year-old boy at Walt Disney Resort died after an alligator attack at the edge of a hotel lagoon. Critics had questioned why Disney hadn't posted signs warning guests of the presence of alligators in the area. The company has since installed such signage. You'll never be able to get them all, says a Florida trapper, Ron Ziemba, who helped him, which I can just hear his voice in my mind, even though I've never heard his voice. He's a Florida trapper. Called Ron Ziemba, who helped trap and kill nuisance alligators on Disney World property for five years until late 2015. There are just so many canals, so many waterways, the gators travel a lot. As humans encroach into alligators' habitats, encounters are inevitable, Ziemba says, noting that he has removed the reptiles from a Disney parking lot and from the lobby of a nearby hotel not not, not run by the resort. Lobby. Uh, right. That's almost to the elevator, That's which is almost to my floor. <laughs> to my bed. Go away. Jeez. To his stomach. Um, under Florida's statewide nuisance alligator program, Disney World's property has been designated as a targeted harvest area. 
meaning the state has issued a blanket permit for the taking of problem alligators in the area. The state considers an alligator a nuisance if it's at least four feet in length and is believed to pose a threat to people, property, or pets. So if it's an alligator, then. All right. So it's are, an alligator. They are yeah. the rats. Of Florida. They are. Yeah. Disney's alligator harvest permit, w- permit, which was issued in 2009 and expires in 2019, specifies that the resort can remove up to 300 alligators of more than four feet in length from the area during the 10 years covered by the agreement. Why would you put a limit on that? I don't know. As a state, why would you put a limit on how many people, essentially, you can protect? That seems crazy to me. I agree. Ugh. That's just a, that's that seems a, crazy to me. Uh, from May 2006, uh, 239, blah, 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 that does not include the six that were removed in the wake of last week's attack. <laughs> Just in last week, they're cracking down on the yeah. alligators, man. Um, blah, blah, blah. Interesting. That's so crazy. Like, how did those people that that's, like swam over to this, the island to see the secret stuff? They stole a boat. Oh. Yeah, or, no, I, well, there, a couple of people have done it. Um, and I think one, one group did swim and, uh, I remember reading an article about it and they were like, yeah, we know there's alligators, but what are you going to do? It makes you love Disneyland's feral cats a little more. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, a little bit more. Sure. Yeah. We have a much better problem. I wonder if there's a Twitter account like, uh, you know, gators <laughs> yeah. of Disney world. <clears throat> did you hear the, the most recent article? I don't know if you're going to touch on this, Jason, but, uh, Disneyland or Disney in general at all their parks now have removed a lot of the, uh, uh, Alligators from attractions or crocodiles from attractions. Oh, really? No, yeah. I hadn't noticed no, that. Yeah, so out of, out of parades and, and off of rivers and out of uh, especially Animal Kingdom. That's probably a uh, good thing to do. Specifically yeah. because they don't want people making, like, as part of the show, making jokes about mm. the alligators and the oh. danger of alligators. So they've removed that for it's a lot of the show. It's too soon. <laughs> yeah. It's a little it's too like soon. It's like for real too soon. <laughs> yeah. Here's a, a little bit, uh, you know, of a lighter story than that. Uh, your Disney VHS tapes could be worth an insane amount of money. Oh, Good, bu- I have like 60 of them. No. The bubble boxes. Bubble box. I really, really do. Bubble box. <laughs> uh, let's see. E! News recently found a copy of The Little Mermaid from 1990 for sale on eBay for for $9,999. What? For sale. For sale. For Not sale. sold. Not the, sold. The oh. seller justifies. <laughs> You're right. Right. The seller justifies the astronomical price because the cover is among the rare first edition. Uh, oh. Yes. That uh, has uh, what some people considered a yes a inappropriate yes. drawing. Oh, that one. Yes. Yeah. yeah phallic nice. design. I'll use that, that word awesome. in the image of the castle, which was quickly swapped out for another in the next release. But this isn't the only high stakes Disney VHS up for grabs. There's also a Beauty and the Beast from '92 selling for nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars. Why? That, that one's that one's that one doesn't make sense because no. it includes uh, a song, right? Um, uh, it doesn't say. No, it has a black. They, they no, say has... something about a black diamond on the outside. And oh, okay. No, it's, it's not. I know there's a version that includes a song that was then taken out. Uh, (laughs) See, adding uh, somewhat to the value of this, uh, there's a some guy on Reddit was like, uh, they are considered Disney Black Diamond Classic editions on the spines of some VHS and Betamax tapes. What? Who has a Betamax? I don't even know what that is. Is a Black Diamond with Walt's signature on it? It's the uh, it was the uh, I don't really the equivalent of VHS, but it fizzled. It, it, it died. It's funny. It died out in the states, and then when I was 16, I, I, I went to live with a family in uh, Mexico for a month. Everything down there is Betamax. It's that's high, where it all went. It's high quality, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, that's yeah. right. But it was. Uh, but why, why didn't it? Was last? it Sony? Was it I think Sony it was Sony. who had Betamax, and they just didn't. 
license it properly to get mm-hmm. it out in enough distribution. Uh, it says, this was Disney's first attempt to market their videos to homes. Because of this, certain Disney collectors are convinced that these VHS tapes are worth something. It should be noted, of course, that these haven't sold, but the mere idea that they may be worth that much is certainly appealing for anyone whose parents didn't toss their old videos out. Let's click on one of these links. Let's see if they are... It's sold? Um, Because I I think eBay will say it's sold. Yeah, it'll Um, tell you. 48 people have viewed it per hour. There's someone else selling it for $8,888.88 with free shipping. And then someone else, uh, $8,500. Someone else, $7,000. Who is... I'm going to put one up for $7 to set them up. (laughs) Yeah, if I had one, I would sell it for like five grand, fifteen. I'm pretty sure we just did that at the garage sale at my parents' yeah. house <laughs> for fifty cents. Yeah. Uh, when does the auction end, though? No, oh, there's twenty three days left. The auction. Are there days. any bids? Forty eight no. people have viewed it per hour. No bids. Um, I don't know. I don't know how eBay works. I can't figure it out anymore. It, it well, it doesn't work because here, you click on something and then you bought it. Here are the and then se- you go, oh. here are the seller's notes. This is in such great condition, comma. I'd almost say it's like new, comma, but it's in wonderful condition, comma. Please examine all photos. Except it's in VHS. <laughs> Good luck playing it. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Does not come with machine. Oh, this is in wonderful condition, beautiful, and I'm not a grader, but close to like new. <laughs> I'm not a. Is this spam? Close to <laughs> I am in Kenya. Uh, please, please see the top of the artwork. Paper has a small tear in the paper. Then it's not close no, to like not new. Even close. Not even close to like new. Uh, all proceeds from my eBay sales go to my beautiful, talented son and his endeavors. This is written in all caps, by the way. Wow. He, he is an all A college student on the dean's list in like twelve thousand asterisks. I only accept offers on low dollar items if more than one item is paid for from my store at the same time. I value my customers. Whatever. Wow. Why? So, Why? It, I don't know, man. Speaking of speaking of things for sale, I like stuff like that. He's uh, like digging through what, what what drives this person. So those uh, those small world dolls. Yeah. You can buy in uh, a couple years ago. They just released uh, some new ones, uh, and they're like eighty bucks. Mm-hmm. So you can get them for that. Nice. But the uh, if you want a true small world animatronic doll that was in that was in small world. Yeah. It sold for forty one thousand five hundred dollars. <laughs> wow! Wow! For a paper mache doll. Forget about it's it. Falling apart. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, no, it would have animatronics in it. Right. And no, I know. Yeah, it's all it's yeah. The shell. Uh, let's talk about lawsuits for a second. Disney sues over a Chinese cartoon that's quote strikingly similar to Cars. And I gotta show you this photo. It's hilarious. Autos. Disney <laughs> Disney subsidiaries close. Uh, Disney Enterprises Incorporated and Pixar are suing Chinese companies G Point, PPTV, and Blue MTV for hosting images and posters of the Autobots, a Chinese film that was released in July 2015. Now look at this photo, folks. Google Autobots and then like cars rip off or whatever. There's the poster. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> Literally, wow. Lightning McQueen. That's him. Oh, but wait, he from, has headlights. Lightning McQueen didn't have headlights. Right, but like the oh, he does wow. sort of right stickers. there, yeah, yeah. But like the face is the same, the expression is the same, the eyes are the same. But yeah. in, in with Lightning McQueen, he has blue in the lower uh, left portions of his eyes, and the Autobots there's blue in the lower right portions of the eyes. That's so I feel like they, they thought they can get away with it. 
It's totally different. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mine goes da 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 da. It's totally different. <laughs> <laughs> the Autobots was criticized last year at home and abroad for being visually similar to did the Disney automated franchise animated franchise Cars, but has only gained wi- uh, gained wide media attention since going to court on Tuesday. Critics are skeptical over whether whether Disney will win the case, noting that China has ripped off overseas produced cartoons <laughs> before. Thousands of Chinese social media users are talking about the case on the popular uh, microblog, saying that the Autobots is a blatant copy and they support Disney. Chinese papers have also noted similarities between the two productions, but with more carefully worded editorials. The Beijing Economic Daily, probably not run by the government, says that the two films are visually extremely similar and highlights that this is not the first time this has happened. (laughs) China has been criticized in the past for copying a number of Chinese cartoons. These include the 2001 production Train Hero, which was criticized for suspected plagiarism because of its strong similarity to the Japanese animation Hikarian. Okay, great. Anyway, we won't go on. What? <laughs> what is? Uh, I'm I'm gonna go on because this <laughs> image is amazing. Um, video game critics note that China uh. has escaped punishment for replicating Disney products before. On June. 13, U.S. comedian and video game critic John Tron remarked on the explosion of bootleg games and products based on Disney films. In a YouTube video with over 3 million views, he said... <laughs> Come on! He says that Disney is not safe from the curse of bootleg. He singles China out as being farther away from U.S. jurisdiction and much better at Disney bootlegging than any other country. Um, and says that it's able to produce pr- products like Bear of the Interest. A toy that strongly resembles Winnie the Pooh, but has flashing eyes and is described in Chinese slash English on the box as a high-class weapon. (laughs) Something is lost in the translation, for sure. Uh, There's also a wider trend of bootleg online games based on Disney films internationally and highlights the launch of questionable online game uh, Elsa's Frozen Brain Surgery. And Anna Cesarian birth. <laughs> I'm currently oh. trying to install that. Is it on? Is it on? Is it an app? Oh, is it an app? The oh. Chinese my. government will root your phone. It, there, wait, hold, hold the phone. Oh my goodness. Anna what? Cesarian birth. Okay, and no, but this um, mommy queen's newborn ice baby, and that is for sure Elsa. Mommy queen's <laughs> newborn ice baby. Oh yeah. Oh my, my brother God. goes to China like once a month. Have them really? Stock up on this stuff. Yeah. Have them get sorry. Anna Cesarian because it's literally Anna from uh, from Frozen, and she's laying in a very uh, pink pastel and light blue colored bed, and you can see in her stomach, <laughs> and there's a fetus. <laughs> and, I, I mean, Show how enough. You, I was gonna say you oh. can't make this stuff up, but clearly you can. You can, yeah. I kind of want to play Elsa Frozen Brain Surgery. <laughs> how does that happen? That fixes her problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. Elsa, Elsa frozen brain surgery. Frozen. <laughs> I don't think it's an app. Because the Disney could probably take that down in a second. Uh, speaking of China, let's just, let's just, let's just talk about China for a little bit. Uh, attractions get renamed to make sense in Chinese. Hmm. When, uh, Kuizhu? Kuizhu visited Shanghai Disneyland on a day of testing before the theme park opened last week. She was confused by its slogan, Ignite the magical dream within your heart. That's a direct quote. When translated into Chinese, those words can easily be read as strange dream. 
Walt Disney Company spent more than six years planning every detail of its new world of princesses, superheroes, and swashbuckler Jack Sparrow, which has cost more than $5.5 bill and is expected oh, to attract more than 10 million people the first year. It hasn't been easy, though, to translate Disney magic from English to Chinese. In order to make sense to local visitors and mesh with their cultural sensibilities, the names of some attractions at Shanghai Disneyland uh, read very differently in two languages post on signs throughout the theme park. Because the animated classic Dumbo is little known in China, which shocks me, the Shanghai Disneyland ride inspired by the movie is called Little Flying Elephant, when written in the simplified characters used on the Chinese mainland. Shipwreck Shore, a play area for children, sounds much more ominous than uh, than fun in Chinese, so it's called Ship Water Play Area instead. The princess-themed beauty salon known as Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique... Made no sense in a literal translation to Chinese. <laughs> Makes no sense here. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. So Disney decided to call it the colorful, magical, fanciful transformation. The Chinese version also has an alliterative B sound, so it makes it sort of makes it colorful, magical, fanciful transformation. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Every time we come up with a name, we had to make sure it had a whimsical Disney feel. It resonates with Chinese people, and it conveys what the experience is, says Fang Jing Pitcher, a writer for the Disney Imagineering Theme Park Design Group. If you just do a straight translation, all of that gets lost. Miss Pitcher is one of the numerous Chinese natives hired to work on Shanghai Disney from its earliest designs. Uh, Disney owns 43% of the park. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, the focus group showed that instructions that seemed to make perfect sense in English sometimes didn't register. Words that sounded whimsical and inviting to Western ears were confusing or off-putting in Chinese. From its earlier foreign theme parks in Paris and Hong Kong, Disney did much of the interior initial design work. Yeah, but I want to see. I just want to see the funny translations. Yeah, I feel Wait, like this article is missing something. Disney only owns forty-three percent of yeah. the Shanghai park. Yeah. Who owns the rest? Um. The majority controlled by the local government's Shanghai Shindai. Oh, yeah, the oh, government. Because, yeah, because <laughs> it's China. China. Right. Everything is run by the government. Forgot um, oh, here we go. Tron Light Cycle Power Run. Probably doesn't mean much to anyone who didn't see the 1992 science fiction movie Tron or Tron Legacy. In Chinese, though, Super Fast Speed Light Cycle gets across the point of the thrill ride loud and clear. <laughs> so I want, but then why, if, 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 look, hardly anybody in America has seen Tron. But if, if nobody yeah. in China has seen Tron, then why model it after Tron? Yeah. Right. I don't understand. You're right. I got an email from a guy, from a listener, who worked uh, as part of the Imagineering Department in Shanghai, and I want to interview him. That'll be a question I'll ask him. I'll, I'll, I'll put it where, with wherever Bev remembers her questions for Matt's Daily. Huh? I'm sure. Because <laughs> we were joking that you're no, not no, going to remember it. Okay, great. Because you said, huh. And yeah, I, didn't, I was... Okay. I got the game to play on my. I'm getting the game to play on my laptop. What is it? The brain surgery one or uh, the cesarean one? Dude, oh, seriously, China goodness. now owns your laptop. <laughs> <laughs> I would be so scared. I know. Uh, Disney theme park designers in Shanghai realize that coming up with puns is a particular challenge, since playful misspellings aren't possible in a pictorial language. The solution was to rely on written Chinese characters that sound the same but have different meanings. Honey pot spin which is a Winnie the Pooh ride, of course, is known in China as spinning honeypot, in which a Chinese character used in the word for honey is replaced by the one meaning crazy or wild. Oh. People look and they know it's not a very rigid ride. It's something playful. Uh, Whatever. I don't know. I just wanted more translation errors because I think that's funny. 
Um, oh, I'll save that one for Terrence. I have a Terrence-specific news article. <clears throat> okay. Uh, the Frozen uh, Frozen ride opened at Epcot. For the first time. For the first time, for the last time. In forever? In forever. (laughs) Frozen (laughs) remains a hot property for Disney, experts say. An opinion bolstered by fan reaction today, uh, so June 21st, when a ride based on the blockbuster animated film Frozen Ever After debuted at Epcot today. The line, at its peak on Tuesday morning, stretched out of the park's Norway Pavilion. Mm -hmm. If no one's been to Disney World, this won't make any sense. Uh, Out of the Norway Pavilion into the China Pavilion and across the bridge to the outpost area before looping back to China. The first day of operation was disrupted by technical difficulties. The attraction had been running for about two hours before it began to encounter some shutdowns. <laughs> Guests waiting in line were given the option of staying put or taking a fast pass to use later on other attractions during the first outage. I've talked to people in the company who are hoping that on the back of this and Soren around the world, which will also be heavily hyped this summer, they hope to see the equivalent of a 10 to 20% bump in attendance at Epcot. Nice. Uh, yeah, for sure. Epcot needs it, man. Um, in the two years since the movie was released, Walt Disney World has presented lead characters Anna and Elsa in meet-and-greet areas, sing-along shows, parades, and Frozen-themed processionals. But Frozen Ever After will be the film's first permanent ride in the world. So everything online was saying like 300 minutes plus. Yeah. Wait for that. Yeah. Um, and then I did a um, – I looked on YouTube for a POV yeah. going through. Not very entertaining. Really? really? Yeah, it didn't look like it. It looked like a really – not ba- like a, a combination of almost um, pirates and places, but then more like Little Mermaid. Hmm. Yeah, just didn't seem didn't seem like a five hour wait for <laughs> right. that ride was not worth it. Yeah, but the wait doesn't bother me anyway. Five hours. <laughs> it was a frozen. Pa- I've never seen the movie, I sing it. and I already know that the wait doesn't bother me anyway. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. No, that happened twice. It did just happen. Frozen Ever After was created uh, in the building previously occupied by Maelstrom, which was uh, operated in the Norway Pavilion from 88 to 2014. The attraction will still use boats, but instead of Norse gods and oil rigs, visitors will look at frozen hotspots, such as Troll Valley and the Ice Palace. I don't know. There you go. I know people were real pissed when Maelstrom got torn down for Frozen. Mm-hmm. But a lot of those diehard Epcot people... <clears throat> All right, almost almost here, Terrence, almost at your news. Uh, this is an article that Terrence sent me, actually, and it's about how Disney teaches contempt for dads. <laughs> I'm listening. Yeah, thanks, Biff. Um, every 3.24 minutes, a dad acts like a buffoon. That's the conclusion of a small study done by a student <laughs> at Brigham Young University after watching eight hours of the two most popular Disney tween shows featuring families. I, I couldn't last that long. That's insane. The, <laughs> the results of the research, daddies or dummies, is what it's called, are not particularly surprising. Our Good Luck Charlie and Girl Meets World, I've never heard of any of those shows. Uh, any you different? never heard of Girl Meets World? No. Sequel to Boy Meets World? No. Never. Oh. Never heard of Boy Meets World? Heard of it, but never saw it. He's 38. I'm 38. Okay. Apparently, I'm 37, Taryn. Uh, are, are these two shows any different from previous sitcoms like Roseanne or Home Improvement? A 2001 study by Erica Scharrer in the Journal of Broadcasting and Electronic Media found that the number of times a mother told a joke at the father's expense increased from 1.80 times per episode in the 1950s to 4.29 times per episode in 1990. But what's interesting about the new research is that the author also looked at the reaction of children on the screen to their father's display of clueless- cluelessness. 
At least half the time, children reacted negatively to these displays by rolling their eyes, making fun of Dad, criticizing him, walking away while he's talking, or otherwise expressing their annoyance. This behavior, especially on Disney shows, has become the norm to such a degree that parents regularly tell this author that they don't allow their children to actually even watch the channel. There's no sex or violence, but there's only so many times they want their children to watch their counterparts on screen ignore, insult, or pretend to humor their parents for laughs. We should probably be most concerned when dads are the butt of the joke. Decades ago, when when the place of men in the family and in the work world was clear, the use of comedy to make the powerful powerless was understandable and helped lighten the mood by humanizing the authority figure. Sure, kids try to put one over on their fathers, and sometimes they got away with it, but there was a sense that a father's authority was something you had to work to get around, and that doing so came with real consequences. Today's sitcom, by contrast, often show dads trying to act like mothers have traditionally and failing miserably. In an episode of Blackish, the mother and father learn that they haven't been saving as much money as they should have. The father, played by Anthony Anderson, was supposed to be in charge of the finances. Not only does he prove to be an incompetent money manager, his wife also says that if he doesn't get his act together, then he's going to have to start dealing with the children's lives more, taking them to the doctor, worrying about their schedules, a fate he seems to fear more than death. Not only has Anderson failed in his traditionally male role, but the assumption is that he would be a total disaster performing his wife's duties. He comes off looking like an idiot. All uh, Maybe the problem isn't simply that men are being portrayed as bumbling, women in... Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. I didn't <laughs> think it would go that long. But uh, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Okay. Here, here it is, Terrence. I'm ready. All right. Eleven things we learned about the Golden Girls Cafe. Yes. <laughs> which apparently is owned by Disney. Golden, really? they, they own Golden Girls. ABC, right? That explains a lot for Terrence. Uh, right. Golden Girls Land, get rid of Bugs Land. There you go. <laughs> wow. Earlier, the opposite of Bugs Land, just all the old people. <laughs> they all go hang out there. Retirement you kids village. go scream or like, whatever. We're going to go sit down and take a nap. <laughs> Earlier this week, it was announced that a Golden Girls-themed cafe would open in New York City later this year. Have you nice. heard about this? I have, yeah. Really? Of course, well, of course you have. You probably have the Google News alert for it, Golden for Girls. anything Golden Girls. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Michael LaRue, who was a close friend to actress Rue McClanahan, mm-hmm. who played? Played um, Blanche. Blanche Devereaux. Yes. Yes. Uh, is planned to open the Rue LaRue Cafe in September as a monument to both the show and his beloved friend. Uh, here are 11 things. Uh, the cafe was really uh, Rue's... Uh, final wish to her fans, the one that were responsible for getting her, for getting to lead the lifestyle she led, would have access to all of the personal property and show business memorabilia, uh, which will be on display at the cafe, nice. supposedly. Um, number two is a team effort. While Michael is really leading the charge in the cafe, he's getting some help from McClanahan's son, artist Mark Bish. Mark has always thought there should be a place where people can come and see the things, see the costumes from the Golden Girls, where they could see Rue's Emmy and know about her career because she had a huge career. Oh, yeah. Uh, three, the space should be communal. As Michael explained, we're creating a place that honors Mark's mother, a place where people can get together and geek out on the Golden Girls and just have fun. To that end, they've placed a piano, one of Rue's own pianos, in the corner because, as Michael said, Rue felt that a stage was a sacred place. Uh, Michael is still taken aback by the continued fan response. Uh, he says, it always used to shock me. Everywhere we would go in public, people would line up. We'd be sitting somewhere for dinner, and there would be a line literally to the door of people, literally just wanting to tell her how much she meant to them and how that show changed their life. 
How can Golden Girls change your life? I mean, I, life-changing? I don't, no, no, not life-changing. Funny. Hilarious. Right. Absolutely hilarious, but not life-changing. No. So I always knew this was big, but I have to tell you, Rue would be thrilled that six years after her leaving this earth, she's still loved by her fans the way she was. Uh, the New York location is important. Uh, the actual, see, this show was set in Florida, and the actual Golden Girls house was in California. Yeah. You might be able to visit it, Terrence. I've, I've looked it up on Google Earth. I really have. Uh, Let's see. A lot of these are really boring. Uh, There will be marathons. Michael praised the Walt Disney Company for helping with this project. The Disney Company has been wonderful to us since the very beginning. Totally supportive. They are doing something unprecedented. What they are doing, though, uh, is that they are allowing the cafe to screen multiple episodes of the series. He says, we can do marathons. Yes, you can have dinner while watching your favorite character bicker on a screen before you. Uh, exclusive merchandise. There's going to be exclusive merchandise. They, uh, they're going to have a really great menu. Betty White's Angel Food Cake. B. Arthur's Pasta Salad. <laughs> Estelle Getty's Chocolate Chip Cookies. This is like total grandma potluck food. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally down for this. Uh, we're also using menu items from the show itself. Like, Rose made this. We have a marble pound cake called It Looks Like Chocolate. It Tastes Like Spice. You wish you had a bigger slice marble pound cake. That's one of the menu items, apparently, from the show. I give it two months. <laughs> it's, it's, as a fan, I'm into this. As, if I wasn't a fan, this you would, is ridiculous. You wouldn't be an investor. This is ridiculous. Uh, apparently, the decor references the show, too. The Golden Goals references go beyond memorabilia, merchandise, and menu items. The decor is also directly influenced by the series. Uh, they say, we found the exact wallpaper that was in Blanche's bedroom, <laughs> and we're doing a Ugh. wall in that banana leaf paper, oh Michael revealed. I found... <laughs> I found sconces from 1920 that were used to hang in the living room of the Golden Girls house. They're going to go up on the wall. And we found vintage light blue and pink tiles that we're doing the restroom in, just like the house down in Miami. This is, this is too much. <laughs> Michael is sure, sure that the diehard Golden Girls fans will appreciate these small touches. All, all 12, five of them. All 12 of us. <laughs> right. Oh, man. What's the restaurant in New York that's furthest away from this restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> Google it. Anyway. Well, I mean, they tried to do a spinoff of uh, Golden Girls when it was the Golden Palace. It was uh, them, Don Cheadle, and uh, Cheech Marin. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so they could have done something like that. It was like a hotel they tried to open. But, uh, yeah, you say two months? I say like three. three yeah? Months, maybe four. Are you going to try to go? Oh, no, that'll be open. Like this is a, no, this no. But are you going to try to go? Oh no, no. Oh, there's no way. No, there's no, no way you can make it out there. I'm a fan, but I, I'm I'm not going to go all the way to New York. If you find yourself in New York, if I find myself in New York, yes, I would yeah. go to it. Yes. Okay. If I find myself in New York City, I'm not going to be in Albany and, and <laughs> no, go. To you know it. what yeah. I need to do? <laughs> right. Uber. Whatever. All right, let's get out of here. We're going to do the fact of the show. No window. Oh, sorry, Taryn. <clears throat> I can make it quick. Taryn, you have a window for us, right? Why don't you go ahead and uh, knock that one out? Okay. This is um, <laughs> this is Peter Ellen Shaw. <laughs> it wasn't Freudian at all, I promise. <laughs> uh, this is Peter Ellen Shaw. He, uh, his artistic career spanned more than seven decades. He was born in England in 1913 uh, in London, England. <laughs> Part of the EU or not? <laughs> At the time part. Okay. Maybe. Actually, no. I don't know. No, it was way before. No. 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 Not part. Um, he started his career as an apprentice to W. Percy Day, the British film industry's leading special effects artist and matte paint, uh, painter at the time. And so just uh, so everybody's on the same page, a matte painter is um, – they're basically realistic paintings done on glass 
of extended sets or fantasy locations, which are combined with scenes um, of actors in real sets. So it's background stuff. And I think now pretty much it's all digital, but yeah. back then it was all it was all painted on glass. All hand done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, after serving in World War II as a pilot for the Royal Air Force, he returned to the film industry first as a matte artist um, for MGM Film. Then in 1948, he was personally approached by Walt Disney to work on the studio's first live-action feature, Treasure Island. Um, In 1953, Peter moved his family to California and worked on uh, dramatic and spectacular special effects on Disney's epic film, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. At the same time, uh, Disney was in the pre-planning stages of Disneyland, so Ellen Shaw uh, contributed his artistic touch to many of the attractions, including... Uh, the first Circle Vision theater show, uh, TWA's Rocket Ship to the Moon, and X1 Satellite View of America. Later, uh, Peter contributed the, to the popular television show Disneyland, uh, working on Davy Crockett and Zorro, uh, as well as the classic Disney features including Mary Poppins and The Love Bug. Uh, for Mary Poppins, Peter won an Oscar for Best Special Visual Effects on the landmark film, he uh, he has also been nominated for three additional Academy Awards. Wow. Wow. In uh, 1970, he moved with his wife to Ireland, where he developed a reputation of being a fine art painter, whose paintings are widely sought after by collectors. Uh, he painted mostly ocean seascapes, um, things like the Himalayas, cityscapes, San Francisco, New York, that kind of thing. Um, didn't seem like he had very many people in them ever, but um, just, you know, hotel paintings. You know what I mean? Uh, in rude, I know. <laughs> in 1993, and he possibly was, too soon. These are beautiful. Potentially. Oh, you look them up. Yeah. No, yeah, they're pretty. Well, some of those are his son too. So hold on, you're you're jumping ahead. <sighs> Whatever. Uh, in 19 th- 1993, he was officially designated a Disney legend at the Walt Disney Studios in a ceremony presided over by uh, Michael Eisner and Roy E. Disney. Soon after that, uh, so this is now 1993. He started his career. Or he was born in 1913. Yeah. Um, so soon after he was uh, a Disney legend, he was commissioned to do paintings of scenes from famous Disney features, many of which have been made into I, – I, I looked up how to say it. It's really hard. It's like a French word, I think. It's yclays. Uh, yclays. I'm saying it wrong. Slice. No, that's no. not at all how you say it. Please? No, it's like – G-I, spell it for everyone so it's we don't G-I-C-L-E have an aneurysm. G-I-C-L-E with a little thing on it, E. And it's called English major. Ikla. Ikla? Ikla. That's how it's pronounced? It sounds Greek. It doesn't sound Ikla. French. Ikla. Well, maybe it's Greek. I don't know. Ikla. Ikla, yasu! Ikla! And basically that means it's a print. Okay. <laughs> but they are just print. Greg, how do you say that? Zikli. Zikli? Now, now, now it's Austrian. <laughs> We're getting closer. We're getting closer. Yeah. Uh, in February 2007, Peter passed away peacefully at his home in Santa Barbara, California. He was 93 years old. His kids are also talented matte artists, um, matte and special effect artists. His daughter, Linda, has been credited with work on Ghostbusters, Flubber, 102 Dalmatians, uh, <laughs> The Haunted Mansion, while Harrison, his, other, his son, um, he was a matte uh, and special effects art, uh, artist whose uh, work includes Star Wars, The Emperor Strikes Back, Tron, and Dick Tracy. Cool. So it's yeah. all in his family. Uh, his uh, So Peter Ellen Shaw's window is located above Main Street uh, Photo Supply Company, and the inscription on it is Plaza School of Art Instructors, and it includes Herbert Ryman, 
John Hench, and Peter Ellenshaw. Nice. Cool. Very good. Taryn, thank you very much. You're welcome. I almost called you out for calling um, the second Star Wars movie The Emperor Strikes Back, but I'm not going to. That's, look, I copied and pasted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. All right, let's do the fact of the show, finally, and then we can get out of here. And I guarantee you it's not one I've done before. I <laughs> like the last show. Uh, oh, maybe it is. No, it's oh, not. Wow. Well, I may have mentioned it before. Anyway, here we go. Disneyland started with many attractions that were never built. But And we may be better off without them. Lilliputian Land. I know I've mentioned it before, but not in this detail. Of course, named after the tiny kingdom in Gulliver's Travels, appeared on a park map drawn by Mark Davis 22 months before the park was to open. It was two and a half acres and would be between Fantasyland and Tomorrowland. Walt realized that the tiny animatronics he would need to successfully pull off this land were years away, so he scrapped it in favor of something called the Canal Boats of the World. And he eventually used some of the land he had envisioned for Lilliputian land for other lesser-known rides, like the Matterhorn, the Submarine Voyage, and Autopia. Nice. So next time you go on those three rides, just think it could be Lilliputian land. What I do like about about Walt uh, in a lot of his ideas were that it seemed like they were rooted in um, literature. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of books. Yeah. Tom Sawyer. Mm-hmm. Gulliver's Travels. And probably something else. And other books. Yeah. Yes. But you know, but you don't see a lot of that stuff in there. Right. Now it's like Frozen. Yeah. No, and right. Car. I mean, which are I guess original things. But it'd be nice to get kids back into literature. I agree. A little bit. You know what I mean? I agree. Anyway, thanks for sticking with us, everyone. It's kind of a long show, but I hope you got a lot out of it. Bev, you did great. Thanks. Taryn, you did great. I think China infiltrated my computer. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Is it broken? Oh, it's it's broken. It's being weird. I, wh- why would you? <laughs> I wanted to give unnecessary. <laughs> Get the baby out. Oh my goodness! But why would you install a, 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 a thing from China? It's working now, kinda. Yeah, it's working now. It's good. All right. Well, we're gonna go give unnecessary section. Uh, <laughs> I don't recommend terrible. it. Please do not go do this, folks. <laughs> I, I'm not. I, we will not be held responsible. Exactly. Uh, anyway, take care of yourselves, and we'll see you in the parks.